as fast as you can. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of March with Mike's. Looks like we're on episode number 30. Wow. Time has really flew by, and I uh, cannot believe we're already 30 episodes deep. Of course, if you already know by the sound of my voice who this is, this is Mr. Six Foot Nine. This is your host, JT the Godfather. I'm joined by, on the left, uh, as usual, the Juice Man is inside the house. Say what's up to the people. I am here. Juice Man is in the building. Shout out to the Juice Boxes. And of course, to the right, always down to the podcast, Mr. Ryan Mack. What's up, guys? Good to have you back on the airwaves this week, JT. Me and Dre held it down uh, the previous week, but uh, good to have the trio back in effect. Yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed. And uh, it's good to be back on the show. Of course, we have a lot of things to talk about, uh, of course, in this crazy world of uh, a place that they like to call WWE. But uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with the obvious uh, news. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with, of course, Monday Night Raw. Being what Monday Night Raw has been over the past year, just a little bit lukewarm. Um, Monday Night Raw started out, of course, with uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, of course, uh, being the one to start off the show, as we don't see him enough. Uh, <laughs> Starts off running his mouth, uh, of course, talking about Brock and Brock this and Brock that. And here we are, fast-forwarding through that uh, whole entire segment. We finally get him out of there, thank God. And uh, he's, he's sitting there, uh, of course, trying to call out Brock Lesnar. And who comes out? Paul Heyman, of course, speaking on behalf for his uh, client, Brock Lesnar. Uh, we get about 10 minutes of a back and forth between those two, and finally, they end the segment. Thank God, because I don't know how many times I have to see Roman Reigns at the beginning of every show. Has it became so... What's the word I'm looking for? It's fixated. so fixated. It's so complacent. Uh, Stagnant. Stagnant. I mean, there's a lot of words we can throw out. Bland. Bland. Uh, or can we use your favorite word? Oh, go ahead. Just one big cluster fuck. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, <laughs> the of every show, it's almost like, okay, let's throw Romans out, Roman Reigns out there and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what we got this week. 
Uh, of course, uh, just uh, skipping through that whole entire segment, uh, we get Finn Balor, the leader of the Balor Club, versus Constable Corbin. Now, Dre, what did you think about this match? Um, uh, uh, it was okay. You know, I think I think didn't didn't Baron. I think he did go over in the match, and I, I don't understand the purpose of this feud with them, what was coming out of it. I mean, it, it just seems to me that they're just ruining Finn Balor even mm-hmm. more. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I like, the, you know, I like, you know, I like Constable, the Constable, but I just don't, you know, it's... I don't know what's 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 going to happen with this. It was going to end at SummerSlam. Then what? I don't understand. And this is and this goes back to my main thing. You know who has to lose the title to make some type of purpose for this show? I don't understand. Like I don't understand. Like we just you just gave us a, a decent match on Monday. The lead to their feud. They're probably going to fight at SummerSlam. Who knows? They're probably going to put the paint on Finn Balor and make him win. So, and then, whoo, he beats Constable Baron. Baron he beats Constable. Um, oh my God! Blue tongue tied today. Excuse me. It's been one of them. It's just you, you know they probably put the demon paint on him and make him win. And then what? I don't know, man. This is this. This has been my frustration with Raw the the last few weeks anyway. So. And I totally understand that. Uh, I mean, Constable Corbin, I'm absent from the getting. I just don't see the purpose of the character. Uh, I mean, I, I like the character. I like the character. It, it could, you know, give him some type of purpose. I like the character. Yeah. You know, but it's just like you putting him against Finn Balor for what? I don't know, you know? Well, I remember on an episode uh, not too far ago, uh, Ryan was saying that. Uh, well, no, I don't think he said. It. I think he tweeted it out. He uh, he says that on the lines of, uh, "Oh, good, it's another big and small feud." We see how well that worked out for Big Cass. Yeah, that, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I never. Yeah. Tweeted, I got blocked by Baron Corbin or not uh, after that. I don't know, but um, yeah, it, that's my thing about it too. Is that like, what does this do for really either guy, but especially? Finn Balor, you know, I mean, right. the guy that he was the first Universal Champion, you know, and and he like, lets with, us he lets us know that every week, every week we got to know that he says it, he tweets it, and all this stuff, and it's like mm-hmm. what a couple of years ago, and he hasn't even sniffed it since then, you know. So I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, like you guys were saying, I mean, it's like you know Roman Reigns comes mm-hmm. out to start the show, and it's like mm-hmm. it's the same feeling as when. There was too much, like, authority, like, the authority would come out every week, and everybody would just kind of go, like, you know, that let out that that groan in the crowd. Uh, You know, the same feeling as when John Cena was coming out too much, when he was, like, in his prime. He'd come out every week, and you'd hear his music, and you'd get the, you know, the chorus of booze or just the, like, again, really, you know? So, it's, uh, it doesn't work for me, brother, HH. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just not working for me either. I mean, we're just looking at the fact of what what we're doing, basically, at, at this point. is just basically throwing these guys into a match that's for the hell of it because it does nothing for neither one of these guys. I mean, Finn Balor, as we've all stated, I mean, all three of us, we've all uh, 
we've all stated that uh, basically this is not helping Finn Balor's case at all. And to be quite honest, uh, I don't think he's going to bring back that Demon King. I mean, I wouldn't bring it back right now because right now it's really not a time to bring it back. I mean, if I'm him, I'm not bringing it back for Constable Corbin. He's right. Like that, he's not the type of opponent where I would say, you know what, it's time to go put on the face paint and uh, let's turn into the Demon King. Like I don't see that happening. Uh, but I do, I do believe that this is going to start setting people up. Uh, hopefully, if they drop the belt off of Brock uh, at SummerSlam. Hopefully, if not uh, on Monday, uh, the day after SummerSlam. But uh, you know, once that belt drops off of him, the show will have more purpose. I mean, we all know that. But we're spending too much time on that uh, opening matchup for Raw. Uh, next, we had um, at, on Monday Night Raw something that I thought was pretty uh, <laughs> something I thought was pretty kooky. Uh, we had uh, Natalia versus Alicia Fox. Oh, <laughs> that was good. Uh, oh, man. Natalia versus uh, Alicia Fox, and that to me was really like a, it was a throwback match in my mind. It, it, was, a, it was a throwback match back into the Divas era, because I remember <laughs> uh, seeing Natalia versus Alicia Fox <laughs> Uh, back back then, of course, when they weren't getting longer matches, but the match itself was uh, pretty pretty okay. I mean, you had Ronda Rousey and, uh, of course, uh, Natalia's corn- corner, and you had uh, Alexa Bliss inside mm-hmm. the corner of uh, Alicia Fox. Uh, but the match itself was an okay match. I mean, it was one of the one of the second, I want to say second or third loudest loudest mouth, uh, matches that night. Uh, so. The match itself uh, was a little bit back and forth. Uh, of course, you had uh, Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox uh, actually put a pretty good suplex out there. Yes, yeah, she did. I mean, I, I haven't seen the Northern Lights suplex look that, that well in quite some time. She's but... not a bad wrestler, quiet as kept. She's a very <laughs> underrated wrestler. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that, I definitely believe Lisa, Alicia Fox is definitely underrated. My thing is, if they start giving just let Alicia be Alicia. But then again, she probably is Alicia as a girl. Right. So let me take that back. If, if they just put Alicia Fox out there and put her with a badass character, like a like a badass, almost like a Sasha Banks uh, Hill version, then I could see Alicia Fox doing something. Uh, I could see a I could see I could see a resurgence in her career. Uh, because I mean she's not bad at all, long legs. Very good at what she does. Uh, what about you? What did you think of the match, uh, Dre? Um, you know what? I thought it was it was okay. Like you said, it was it was loud just because Ronda was out there, and you know, I think that gave the the match a little bit of flair. But you know, nobody really cared about the two women in the ring wrestling. They just wanted to see where Ronda Rousey was going to jump in the ring and and beat some ass. But I'm gonna tell you this though, Alicia Fox went that on um, Ronda Rousey. She don't care. I don't care who you are. She went right to her and, you know, pushed her like, hey, I'm not afraid of you, you know. So, you know, she, she, she stood up to her, but, you know, it was a good match. You know, Alicia Fox got the win. It, I thought it was funny, but, yeah. But, yeah, she, she gave Ronda the business, you know, even though, you know, Ronda got her little revenge or whatnot. She still was like, look, I'm going to push you back. I'm not afraid of you. I don't care what you did. So, And you know what? To me. To me, that that right there kind of you know gave Alicia Fox mm-hmm. a little bit more of an edge because yeah. uh, 
it's it's something that she's been missing. Uh, of course, with these crazy ass gimmicks they've been giving her. Uh, well, you know, uh, she been injured for uh, quite. She just probably got back not too long ago because she well, was out. Well, yeah, but re- but remember, you know, she, she was Captain Faust, and then she had the whole thing going yeah. on with uh, <laughs> had had the whole thing going on with no no M Dar. I mean, she's just had a bad a bad case of writers giving her a bunch of horrible material. Uh, but not to spend too much time on Alicia Fox uh, getting ready to have some type of resurgence because next next I'm sorry this Monday I'm saying next Monday like next week. Uh, but this Monday, which is basically tomorrow, uh, <laughs> you're going to have Ronda Rousey versus Alicia Fox and uh, Ronda Rousey's first Monday Night Raw debut match. So that should be a good match to That's catch. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, a little something that I wish I would have missed or not seen at all last night was my man, Bobby Lashley, turning right back into a joke when he <laughs> sung with Elias Sampson. Right. <laughs> Oh man, I thought that was funny. I was like, I was hoping. I'm like, please don't sing, please don't sing, please don't sing. Then he started singing. I'm like, oh my god, I'm done. I I literally almost threw threw my phone into the TV that night. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have a nice 65 inch. I don't think I'm throwing anything at that TV. So yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, well, I don't have a 65 inch, so I guess I can afford to throw something at my TV. Hey, you got a baller. Uh, me personally, I kind of like my 4K television. So. Hey, if I had one of them too, I definitely would throw my phone at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, that should be your next aim. Uh, but that that segment to me uh, just pretty much proved to the point that they cannot write for Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley uh, was basically they. I mean, they they even changed this guy's uh, theme music a little bit. Plus, his uh, Titan Tron, he changed that a little bit, made him look a little bit more intimidating. Talk about back to dominant. No. Yeah, back, back, you know, back to dominant. I mean, he actually looked like the Bobby Lashley of old. And then you have him out here with Elias, which to me, you know, Elias is always going to be a good segment regardless. But when you throw, uh, when you throw a Bobby Lashley in there, you're going to suck the talent right out of the guy. Uh, yeah. The next match was another case of uh, basically bad booking to me because, first of all, the match I'm talking about, let's just get it out there, is Braun Strowman versus Jinder Mahal. Now, how do you... uh, How do you take this guy, a former WWE champion, that you push uh, basically all of of what, last year? You pushed him, and you make him heavyweight champion. Uh, Of course, we know the reasons behind that. But you make him the WWE champion, and now you have him pretty much being squashed by Braun, Braun Strowman. Right. And uh, Ryan, you, you said it before, that you're trying to handle your man Zimba. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, man, I don't know what to make of his new uh, gimmick. Like, it's what, kind of motivational speaker type deal or something like that? Almost like uh, DDP when they brought him into the WWE or something? I, I, I don't like it. I mean, yeah, it, it's 2017 was basically like his year you know I mean he became champ he beat a lot of uh, top tier guys you know I mean he took the belt off of Randy Orton he had a lot of victories over uh, uh, top guys on on Smackdown and whatnot ever since he came to Raw he's been getting hindered repeatedly you know I mean he uh, he almost immediately lost the U.S. title to uh, 
was Jeff Hardy, right? You know, like yeah. Jeff, mm-hmm. he came on uh, Raw, and then he hasn't been uh, getting too many W's recently, so it's uh, it's hard times for uh, my man Jinder. But uh, you know, what are you gonna do with um, with uh, you know he's not gonna actually he did beat Braun Strowman, did he not? He won by disqualification. I yeah, think. by count. No uh, yeah, yeah, count. Right, yeah, that's, that's pointless. Uh, and they're trying to, um, you know, like, paint a picture of, like, uh, you know, even though, of course, Braun Strowman should beat Kevin Owens, like, if he can get distracted or if he can take his eye off the ball or whatever, that, uh, you know, Kevin Owens stands a chance to, to beat him and get that, that briefcase off of him. Which I think is the move. Like I really, really want Kevin Owens to get that money in the bank briefcase off of Braun Strowman. Like he's the perfect guy to have it. You know, he's that sneaky heel. You know, he's very opportunistic mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, you know, as I said all along, like Braun Strowman doesn't need the uh, the briefcase, right? He can just kick everybody's ass. Why isn't he just already the champion? Is a repeated question. You know, that we have to ask ourselves all the time. But. Uh, yeah, I want Owens to uh, to take that. Looking forward to uh, SummerSlam and whatnot. So hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see it. I mean, but to go back to that gimmick, this is actually the gimmick that Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal had before he got traded to SmackDown last year. So it's almost like Raw is this alternate universe, uh, if you want to say it like that. On SmackDown, he was making games. On Raw, he's back to a dropper. Uh, so basically, lesson learned here, kids: uh, don't be on the Monday Night Raw roster if you want to succeed. Uh, SmackDown so, is the land of opportunity, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Now, the next match: Apollo Cruz versus Aikum of AOP. Uh, <laughs> that match, to me, uh, actually made Apollo Cruz. Uh, Apollo Cruz, sorry, Apollo <laughs> Cruz, for the very first time in a long time, looked credible. Because uh, if you don't know Apollo Crews' this whole story, you know, of course, of course he was a big indie star. He, he, he wrestled, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on this. I could be right, but I think it was uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. If I'm not mistaken, if, if I'm wrong, Mark's out there, please. Uh, yeah. shoot, shoot me a DM. And, yeah, shoot uh, us one, because I don't know offhand where he came from. I believe, I believe it was pro wrestling, though. If it wasn't pro wrestling, though, I, I know he did spend some uh, some more time uh, on the indie scenes. I'll tell you what. What what we'll do is we'll we'll go back to uh, – we'll come back to him later in the show, and I'll go ahead and uh, pull some information on him. But moving on through this match, with Akam, uh, Akam and Cruz, this, this actually showed – they actually show the, I guess you could say, the, the single side of Akam. Uh, you really didn't see a lot of Akam by, by himself in NXT. Very few matches where you see him just work a match by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apollo Crews, of course, uh, hasn't had a solid win in quite some time as a, as a solo competitor. So uh, at, at a point, I almost gave up on Apollo Crews because I believe that Apollo Crews has everything that it takes to, you know, be a star. It's just, uh, to me, he just doesn't have the right mouthpiece. Uh, I think, I I think, you know, that's where that manager benefits them because when I see them cut a promo, when I saw them cut a promo, I think it was they cut a promo Monday. Correct. You could tell they're missing. They're still missing Paul Ellering. They need him. They need something like him. 
because when they were in, when they were in NXT with him, it was they were unstoppable. Let him do the talking. Let them do the beating. They can't be talking and beating. Yeah, I totally agree. It doesn't it doesn't fit them. And every time I see him, you know, it just don't seem right without them there. Like they need that mouthpiece. They need that mouthpiece to help them because uh, they just look like lost puppies out there. Or you know what? Maybe just maybe these two guys uh, join up with Roman Reigns and set some type of stable, and you have brought, uh, Paul Heyman be the mouthpiece for all three of them because neither three, neither one of them can talk. Roman no. Reigns can't talk. Uh, AOP can't talk. So maybe Paul Heyman becomes the manager for all three. We'll see. Uh, but another thing I did want to point out: the next match was actually the actual show stage. It was Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, this match, uh, basically, from top to bottom, I mean, it, it was very hard to actually compete with this match. The only thing that competed with this whole entire match through that whole entire card was Dolph Ziggler's hair. Because uh, this hair was, uh, I, I don't know what type of hair product he used, but he looked like a million bucks out there. Uh, <laughs> I like to know this Dolph Ziggler. I personally can't make my hair look like that. I'm African-American male, so that won't happen for me. Uh, but maybe some guys out there might like it. Uh, but what I will say is the match, uh, Drew McIntyre looked very strong out there uh, on Monday Night Raw versus a credible opponent because the people that he's been running through as of late have been droppers. Yeah. You know, they, they've been droppers, but you had – a guy like there, like Seth Rollins, uh, Monday Night Rollins out there, and they did a very good match. I mean, you had you had Drew McIntyre actually jumping over the top rope outside doing suicide dives, uh, flipping over the top ropes with a guy his size, which I can relate because I'm almost his size if I'm not taller than him. Uh, jumping over the top rope and moving with that type of accuracy is uh, very unheard of. Uh, but just seeing these two go back and forth, uh, looks like a feud is going to happen between these two later on after this feud with uh, Ziggler and uh, Rollins, in my opinion, because they put on a great match. Of course, Ziggler came into the interference, and that was it. Uh, did you have any uh, thing to add to that, Dre? Um, yeah, not really. I mean, it's a good match. You know, Drew McIntyre always can move like that. He's always been able to. I think that he was just hindered a lot before where they didn't see his true potential. And, you know, seeing a little bit of what he can do, I'm telling you, if they give him the right booking, the sky's the limit for him. You know, it's just that, you know, it's a shame that he's on Raw. Hopefully, you know, the title will get back on Raw. I think a lot of stars will rise once that title comes off Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre is one of them, especially with Dolph Ziggler in this corner. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Now, uh, the next match was the the Leaders of World versus the uh, Revival. Uh, It's sad to see uh, what's happening to the whole the Leaders of Worlds. I mean, I was starting to get behind them maybe a little bit. Uh, hoping that we can see something uh, come about from them. Uh, of course, if you've been reading all the rumors out there uh, online, uh, 
no matter who you go through, uh, who you get at cage side seats, uh, there's also the Wrestling Observer and, and of course, NoDQ.com. Uh, no matter who you read the story from, uh, of course, the news is out there that Matt Hardy may be potentially retiring as yeah. soon. Uh, he's having a issue with a bone, fusing with another bone. I believe it's his tailbone and his spleen. Or, I'm sorry, his tailbone and his pelvis or something along that line. Uh, beginning to fuse. Uh, so he may have to hang him up pretty soon. But uh, to me, this match is just pretty much setting up, of course, an eventual match between Bray and Matt Hardy. Now, I did say that from from the beginning, this was not going to be a long-term match. So, what are we doing? A, 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 another another um, another compound match? I mean, I, I don't I don't really see what what can well, we... I don't think they need to do another Hardy compound match. I don't think they need to do another match at all because I don't I don't see you know I don't understand the point. You know I think they climax came at the Hardy compound. I really don't see anything happening with that again unless unless you want to bring the tag teams to the Hardy compound and do a tag team type match. You know, but. Besides that, I really don't, you know, I don't see a break. I don't see them two fighting again. I don't I don't see it. Well, I mean, like, if Matt really is, you know, hurt in that way and is going to become more limited in the ring, maybe you do do another, uh, <laughs> I just said doo-doo, uh, but uh, maybe mm-hmm. you do uh, another Hardy Compound match because they can do even wackier stuff, you know, more animated things and, and less actual wrestling and stuff, you know what I mean? And they got a deeper pocket in WWE versus TNA. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, they, they could be really creative and, and get real weird with it and give Matt Hardy full license, you know? So that could be entertaining. I mean, it, it, it could. I mean, there's there's no telling uh, where this may go. I mean, if anything, what it did do for the revival, it made them look strong because – that's a team that I don't want to end up have inside the same position uh, as, of course, uh, the tag team known as the Ascension. I don't want the revival, revival up the revival to end up just like them. It's the same thing will happen to American Alpha. I don't want them to end up in a predicament where they come to the main roster and nothing ever happens to them. So I'm glad in this case, at least, they went out and made themselves look strong. And then we had the debut team of Sasha Banks and Bailey, which right is uh, Matching outfits, showing unity. Uh, they even had some type of a new fin- finisher, since that's the thing. If you're a tag team, you have to do a finisher together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I don't, they don't have a name for it yet, but uh, I guess they're trying to vote on the name. So let's call this one Knee to Hug or, or Knee to Back. I don't know. Nah, <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. Two things is going to happen for this. Either we're going to get a five-star match at the women's pay-per-view or they're going to be some type of women's tag team champion coming. That's the two things that's going to happen. I'm voting, for, I'm voting for another match with them too, but hey, who am I? You know, I'm just a mark with a mic, so who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I could see them having uh, Sasha and Bailey be like the first women's tag team champions. They're both established uh, single stars. They're both popular, and that would make sense, you know, rather than put it on somebody like, you know, not that they would be bad, but like the Iconics or somebody like that that's only been around for a shorter period of time. You know, people don't know mm-hmm. 
that sort of thing. The Iconics are called Bella Twins 2.0. <laughs> They're called super hot but super annoying, in my opinion. They are super hot, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they are. I mean, there, there's no denying that. Uh, of course, we end the night with Brock Lesnar finally coming to the ring. Of course, you have Brock Lesnar all night reading magazines as if he actually reads. Uh, but, you know, you had him out there reading magazines and you basically almost turned on Paul Henry because uh, we didn't know what was going on there, but uh, basically just showing it's uh, basic, hey, look, we're not friends, you just work for me type of attitude, so looks like uh, we may see Paul Heyman actually finally leaving the beast, because this was actually teased. This was teased, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, if I'm wrong out there, please correct me, but this was actually teased WrestleMania 31. At one point, the, the plan, I think it was for Roman Reigns actually win at 31, and uh, Paul Heyman swerve on Brock Lesnar, but I think now was... I knew I knew the plan was for him to win. Now I knew that. I didn't know it would would cause Paul Heyman to switch over. That part I didn't know. I knew I knew thirty that he was supposed to win because his family was in a tirade when he lost. But I didn't know that 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 was going to happen. Basically, he was going to do what he did to CM Punk. Right. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that. I, 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 wow. That's new to me. Yeah, it's just, uh, that's just a rumor that was out there a couple of years ago. But they're rumors. I mean, it doesn't mean they're true. Could be true. Could not be true. But, of course, you finally get Brock Lesnar out there. And he F5s the shit out of Kurt Angle. He asked Kurt Angle one time, <laughs> you got a problem with me? Carnegie way say shit. He like get your little ass over here. Poor yeah. Kurt. I mean, he looks he, so stiff when he gets dropped on the ground and everything, and his his no neck having body. It just looks. It looks really painful. So, it, oh, man, I don't understand that either. But we could say that for another discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. Now uh, that's it for the show. Call Money Night Raw. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. And uh, we will be back with Mark and Mike, episode number 30. We'll be talking about SmackDown Live and NXT. Talk a little bit 205 Live. But we'll be back after this commercial break. Hey, B, no way a little dude like you is going to change my ways. It's time you were tempted with a taste of nuts and honey. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. Did you take this? An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. It's a honey It's honey that Cheerios. And we are back, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, shout out to our unofficial sponsor, General Mills Honey Nut Cheerios, with that commercial with Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan don't eat no nuts and honey. Uh, <laughs> But uh, thanks for the unofficial sponsor there, General Mills, Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh, we are back. Of course, we, we were talking uh, the crazy world of WWE this week. Uh, of course, we dive in uh, with this week's episode of SmackDown Live. Uh, SmackDown Live, of course, we got Becky Lynch out there in the middle of the ring. And it's the first time in a while they let her actually speak in the microphone for a long period of time and not cut a promo. 
She's uh, do pretty bad, though. No, she hasn't. She hasn't at all. I know the rumor in the past was the accent, but the thing is, let the accent do its thing because she sounds great regardless of the accent or not. I mean, she sounds very passionate, and uh, she put a very, very good promo out there uh, for everyone to hear. So, we, uh, of course, she's out there. She's cutting the promo. And uh, when I tell you this promo was great, this promo was very great. Uh, she talked about how she wasn't born a champion. Uh, she fought to be a champion. And that part I can really respect for her, especially with everything that's going on with the uh, WWE Evolution pay-per-view that's coming up in October. Also, you do have uh, the May Young Classic, which they are going to be filming this week. So uh, it's definitely good to have a strong voice out there to promote these things. Of course, you had uh, Carmella out there almost kind of remind me of Alexa Bliss, especially with the jacket and everything else that she was wearing. So kind of remind me of Alexa Bliss. Uh, I'm not sure if she stole Alexa Bliss's jacket or maybe uh, Alexa Bliss let her borrow a jacket, but definitely looked like Alexa Bliss out there with the leather and the spikes. Uh and almost looks like the same damn attire, uh, even down to those shorts. But anywho, maybe I'm getting a little bit too vested. Uh, you had Carmella, of course, go for the blind attack. She attacks, uh, of course, uh, Becky Lynch. And who comes to save the day? Ah, Charlotte Flair. So she makes her dramatic return. It's good to see Charlotte Flair back uh, on TV after, of course, taking so much time out to nurse that injury. And, of course, uh, she did close for ESPN. Uh, if you have not picked up that magazine, please go pick it up. I believe it's a very good read, uh, very good uh, material to read. So please do read the magazine. Just don't stare at the magazine uh, trying to see any type of potential little gapes and holes that you can look at her. Uh, it's a very good magazine. Read it. Shout out to ESPN. Uh, there goes another plug. Uh, send a check our way, Marks and Mikes. Thank you. Uh, with that being said, after this whole entire uh, promo uh, fiasco, you had the, the Usos uh, versus Sheamus and Cesaro. And uh, the Usos have been going so strong on SmackDown for this past year. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, the Usos basically locked down the whole entire tag division on both sides, if you ask me. I mean, is that an accurate statement to say, fellas? Oh, say it one more time, JT. Is that an accurate statement to say that the Lusos have pretty much locked down the tag team division on both sides, Raw and SmackDown? Have they locked it down? I mean, yeah. I mean, over, over the past year, were they... Maybe on the SmackDown team? side. I don't know about the Raw side, but I give you SmackDown side. Yeah, it's definitely... They definitely locked it down on that side, yeah. Uh, what about you, Ryan? What, what do you say about the Lusos being a better team of uh, 2017? Yeah, I mean, I think overall they were the best tag team. You know, they, they got the most victories. They held the belts for a super long time. I mean, they had victories over basically every tag team there is, you know. But um, I, I just think it's cool that uh, the bar is on SmackDown now as well. That gives them something fresh, you know. I mean, obviously for a long time it was them versus the New Day, and then they dropped the belts to the Bludgeon Brothers. And, uh, you know, they need somebody fresh, and the bar is a, a great tag team. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where it goes, but it's no no denying that the Usos pretty much uh, took care of uh, the tag team division in 2017. Of course, if you go back to the match that they had at uh, Survivor Series last year, 
I believe we have the Usos, and I believe they were facing the bar, and I believe they knocked off the bar. Uh, so, uh, but here we are, 2018, watching this match, uh, July 31st. You have the bar versus uh, the bar versus the Usos. The bar goes over in this tag team uh, number one contendership uh, to see who's going to fight uh, the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam. So basically, next week is already set up. We have uh, the Usos. I'm sorry, not the Usos. The New Day versus uh, the Bar. So it's going to be good to see that. You get to see the team that pretty much ended the New Day streak uh, try to compete for another chance to grab the tag team titles. And that, to me, was one of the best matches on the whole entire SmackDown Live uh, card, hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I mean, this, I mean, if you really look at this SmackDown, it was more so promos than action. I mean, you had Samoa Joe come out there, cut a promo on AJ Styles, which his promos are getting a lot better week by week. Uh, uh, The only thing that I pray for for this feud is that I really hope we have the same caliber of matches that we've seen inside TNA. Ooh, man, if we, if I, if we can get one close to that, ooh, I can't wait. Well, that you're gonna have two guys from TNA fighting for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. Ain't it odd? It's crazy. Next, we're gonna see a triple threat match with Bobby Roode for the title at WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) If only. You really think they're gonna put Bobby Roode in the triple threat main event? Nah. I mean, I don't. I don't think Bobby Roode. Bobby, they put Bobby Roode basically with the rest of the mid card. And I don't know if you've seen that little segment in Raw, but he was with all the mid card guys, so. Unfortunately, uh, we hope the best happens for Bobby Roode. Unfortunately, on Monday Night Raw, they have a tendency to screw both Bobbies. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like I said, if we can get some caliber matches that we've seen in the TNA, uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, if we can get those at SummerSlam, then I, I am just I'm scrapped to my seats. I can't wait. And if you want to look at some of these matches, make sure you download the Global Wrestling Network, GWN, on your, of uh, course, your Apple, your Android devices. And I believe that they are now tapping into, uh, I believe that's Xbox, if you look on there. Not sure. I'm a PlayStation man myself. Uh, but moving on from there, uh, you had Randy Orton attempting to not delete, but erase the Enigma <laughs> Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I mean, Randy Orton is, uh, he's all the way heel now. He's like rubbing the face paint off of Jeff Hardy and everything. Just being real, uh, you know, just real mean, gruesome, whatever he can do to. Uh, hey, that's the Randy Orton I like. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, that, that's what he excels at the most, right? I mean, I'm glad to have him back. So it's a good thing. And it's it's funny because it's like, you know, he, he injects himself uh, into this feud with uh, Jeff Hardy and Nakamura. And now this week, it's like, you're kind of left to wonder, like, what is Nakamura's involvement? Is is Randy Orton going after him, you know, soon? Does anybody actually care about the U.S. title? Uh, it's unclear, you know. Looks like they just want to beat each up uh, during matches and, uh, of course, in the hallways and things of that sort. But looks like uh, Randy Orton is back to the legend killer, if you ask me. Uh, this is very, uh, very dark side of Randy that I like. Yeah, if this is the legend killer Randy, then uh, this is the one I've been waiting on for quite some time. I mean, there's three stages of Randy. There's, of course, the uh, well, four stages. You have, of course, the fresh one, the fresh uh, blue chipper. You have the legend killer. Then you have the 
the Viper, the then Viper, you have, then you have the Apex Predator. Uh, so I, I believe we're, we're seeing a, uh, a mixture between that uh, Legend Killer and, of course, the Viper. So hopefully we get a first yeah. showing. I was gonna say the the Apex Predator and the um the Viper. Because he's just doing some hard stuff to Jeff Hardy. If you want to sprinkle in a little legend killer, we can sprinkle that in too. But this, 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 I see this Reggie Orton in years. I mean, this, he yeah. grabbed the ear, go, probably pulled his ear. I'm like, what ear? Uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. It's like, ugh. but uh, I heard, I actually read an article this week and I can't remember uh, where it was from to credit it, but um, it was about, it, it's interesting that you said legend. Oh. Because um, they were saying that Randy Orton could potentially do like a reverse legend killer thing where he is this sadistic uh, villain, you know, heel character. But he's going after all the new guys that are up and comers trying to knock as many of them off as he can, you know, put the notches on his belt and and hold those guys down as long as he can and maintain his spot that they're all trying to get to. Like Super Cena. Yeah, kind of, you know. Or, or like, oh, okay. thought that uh, Orton was trying to attain when he was going after guys like The Undertaker and so on when he was doing the Legend Killer gimmick, you know, Mick Foley and all those guys. Yeah. Great matches, by the way. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if you want to see those matches, uh, make sure you go ahead and download the WWE Network. Uh, there was another plug. I, I believe that Anthem and the WWE, uh, they have to send us a check. I just plugged you. They got to send it. They should have been sent us about three or four of them. Just saying. Uh but uh, here we are. Uh, the next match on that card was a match that I was scared to watch. It was uh, Lana versus Zelina Vega. Uh, I was scared to watch it because I know Lana is very fresh, and I know Zelina Vega is a very, very skilled ring general. If you watch some of her uh, matches back in uh, TNA, uh, you watch some of her old matches when she was a part of the knockouts division there, former tag team champion as well. Uh, with the Knockout Tag Team Championship. Uh, if you watch her matches, you know that this girl can move. I mean, she also played inside the A.J. Lee biopic. I mean, so she can definitely move inside that ring. That's no denying that. Uh, Lana, not so much. Uh, we got to see Lana very much get more exposed. I mean, the girl can dance. She can dance. Uh, <laughs> but inside that ring, not so much. Uh, I was hoping for maybe a little bit more improvement from her. Uh, she she showed a little improvement, but during the Mixed Max Challenge, I mean, she pretty much showed me that she learned a little bit more. But I haven't seen any vast type of, uh, you know, improvement inside that ring. I mean, if anything, Mixed Max Challenge made it look good. But I haven't seen anything that says, oh, my gosh, Lana is going to be the next big star. I would love no. to see it. We yeah, all would love to see like it. Like a oh, yeah. challenge, you can kind of hide some of her flaws. But in a one-on-one match, it's harder to do that, you know, especially with somebody like Zelina Vega, who as good as she is, it's a different kind of match because she's so small. You know, you need to modify your style to, to fit that. You know, she's only, what, about maybe five feet tall, you know? Oh, so, she's almost five feet tall, if that – I mean, just just watching this, watching Lana was like watching Carmella wrestle before she got the title, uh, which is basically the same thing as her having the title. Uh, just horrible. Uh, but what what I would love 
love to see uh, basically out of Lana over this next, uh, let's say, three months here, a little bit of vast, vast improvement because uh, I believe, and it's just my opinion, I could be wrong. Mark's out there, if you disagree with me, uh, send me a DM or send me a tweet. Uh, do you think that they shotgunned uh, Lana as becoming a single competitor? Because I don't believe she's ready. And I'm going to say the same thing goes for Carmella. I don't believe she's ready for that, to carry that title. I mean, she has a beautiful face. She could talk in the microphone, but her moves don't don't scream champion to me. It doesn't know. No, I agree with you. You know what I would like to see Lana do is go to kitchen and make sandwich for Rusev because he's very hungry from Rusev Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be nice. Uh, nice little sandwich. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, I am actually hungry right now. But moving on from this match, you uh, had Daniel Bryan call out the Miz, and then you had the Miz from the Titan Tron. Of course, he was uh, with USA doing something for his new show, Miz and Mrs. Great show, catch, by the way. Yeah, which you can catch that every Tuesday night right after SmackDown Live on the USA Network. Uh, there goes another check. USA, send that our way. Yeah, please send it. <laughs> but you can catch that. It was a very good promo. Uh, of course, it ended with, of course, uh, the Miz basically calling Daniel Bryan a baby, and he asked that old bunch of screaming babies. On the Titan Tron, so I thought that was actually pretty funny. Uh, then you had Carmella versus Charlotte Flair. Once again, this is another match that just pretty much just exposed exposed uh, Carmella for not being the great wrestler uh, that that she should be at this time, especially in the main roster. Uh, but the match uh, stipulation was, hey, Charlotte Flair wins the match. She gets added on to the SummerSlam a uh, match. So this match is now a triple threat match between Becky Lynch, of course. Uh, Charlotte Flair, and of course the champion, Carmella. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Carmella did look good. She looked a little bit better than usual because Charlotte did uh, carry most of this match. But I will tell you, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure who's going to walk out with that title at SummerSlam. I mean, hopefully, I think, hopefully it's uh... Becky. I hope it's Becky, too. I'm rooting for her. I hope she wins, you know. Now that we know that James Ellsworth's gone, we know Carmella's not going to win, but I'm hoping it's Becky Lynch. What about you, Ryan? What you hope? I hope so, too. I mean, I think it. Uh, either way, it's time to get the belt off of uh, Carmella, you know. I mean, now that you've got uh, Charlotte Flair back, one of them has to turn, I would think, right? Like, whether it's uh, – maybe Becky turns heel and, and takes the title and is selfish and does something for herself instead of, you know, looking out for a friend and stuff when with Charlotte coming back and all that, uh, or maybe Charlotte goes heel again. I mean, I think she's better as a heel than she is as a baby face. Oh um, yes. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's easy to say that cause it's, it's really hard to be a good baby face nowadays and it's easy to be a heel and be mean and, you know, get the cheap pops from the cheap heat rather from the crowd and all that. But, um, Charlotte uh-huh. really is an excellent heel and she's a heel and, and that would be, you know, a nice injection for the uh, women's division. And I think just going forward into the women's evolution uh, pay-per-view, I think it would be nice to have the belt on, you know, one of the very best uh, that they have in either Charlotte or Becky Lynch going into that. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with you on that, brother. I totally agree. Uh, Poor Oscar. It, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Just give it up. 
It's not happening for Oscar. Uh, I would love it. For, I would love it to happen for Oscar. I mean, there was a rumor out there that maybe she gets added to the match and becomes a fatal four way. Uh, if it does, if it does become a fatal four way, you know what? I'm going to actually enjoy this match because this match is really going to, really, really going to expose uh, Carmella. Sure. Uh, I mean, especially if she's spending the majority of the time running away. Now, don't get me wrong out there, Marks and uh, wrestling fans who are listening to the show. I don't hate Carmella. I just want her to have a better moveset. Like, I watch, I watch the, U, I'm sorry, not a YouTube, but I watch an Instagram clip of this indie wrestler who who kicked someone in the stomach and did a moonwalk and DDT them. Like, oh. like, yeah, like Jackson wrestler. I saw it too. Everybody checked it out. Yeah. yeah. Like, to me, if Carmella did that one move to her moveset, automatically she's won me over. Why? <laughs> Why? Because I love Michael Jackson. Who doesn't love Michael Jackson? So if she actually puts that moonwalk to use and <laughs> use that inside of a moveset, oh, she's automatically taking the crowd. And, uh, you know, if she can do that and add it on to the moveset, guarantee you Carmella gets more people that like her than hate her just because she does that. Oh, for sure. I mean, she needs to throw that in her moveset, right? Especially with this as viral and as popular as that was on the internet, she already does a, a moonwalk. So yeah, throw it in there. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's funny. Like whenever I, I think of Carmella, when we're doing the show, like I just have to laugh. Cause there was one time, like, you know, weeks, months back, whatever it was, we were talking about her and we were, we were all trying to be nice. It was like right after she won the title and we were like, you know, I mean, I'd like Carmella to just, you know, get a little better at this, get a little better at selling, get a little blah, blah, blah. We all said like three or four different things. It's like, so basically just get better at everything is what we're saying. Is not quite good enough right now, but uh, we're trying to do it in a nice way. So, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, she does need to improve. She's had her run with the title, obviously, and she's done some good things and she, you know, cut some good promos and whatnot, but it's time, I think, you know, and, and uh, you could have that good redemption story for Charlotte or, you know, Becky, earning her way back as she's been campaigning for uh, now, either one would be good. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, that was SmackDown Live in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're going to move on to something that we like to call NXT. Well, we don't like to call it. The WWE actually trademarked that name. But we're going to talk about NXT. Uh, But before we talk about NXT, we'll be right back with a quick commercial by one of our unofficial sponsors. Keep listening to Marshall Mikes. We'll be right back. Peace. So, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You boys a bit bored? Snap me to it! Snap me to a slim jam! Tag to the spice! Make me just a taste! Hey, nice! Hey, King! Snap me to it! Need a little excitement? Snap me to a slim jam! And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, shout out to our unofficial sponsor, Slim Jim. Leaning a little bit of excitement, snapping to a Slim Jim. Uh, that was a throwback commercial. If you guys recognize the voice, that was the Ultimate Warrior. Now, a lot of people didn't even know that Ultimate Warrior actually had a Slim Jim commercial, but there you are. If you all want to find out where I got that clip, go ahead and go to the little thing. I like to call Google that shit. Um, so moving on, we are moving on. We are on the next segment of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about NXT. Now, uh, 
before we talk about NXT, I want to give a shout out, of course, to AIW's very next uh, event, which will be on the 5th at 4 p.m., Wrestle Rager, featuring uh, the ECW legend Stabu. So you all make sure you get your tickets. Go to AIW.com. Uh, go ahead and get your tickets. I believe there's less than 100 tickets left. Once again, that's August 25th, 4 p.m. Uh, the address is 11213 Detroit Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. Doors open at the door there. Uh, of course, the next event that is coming up that I definitely want to go ahead and plug, you have UXWA's uh, next event coming up, Maximum Effort. And this will be happening and happening pretty soon inside the month of September, September 15th. Uh, doors open at 6 p.m. Bell times at 7. Go ahead and get your tickets right now for the pre-sale for 10 mm-hmm. bucks. UXWA dash entertainment dot ticket leap dot com. Uh, of course, reach them on facebook.com slash the UXWA. This will be happening at 4450 Cedar Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. Once again, September 15. Uh, but go ahead. We're going to hop into NXT, and I'm going to let my man Ryan Mack go ahead and take the wheel. Mack attack. That's right, guys. This segment is brought to you by the power of the Warriors. <laughs> uh, yeah, most people didn't even know that uh, the Warrior had a uh, Slim Jim commercial because it's so closely associated with the Macho Man, but I hadn't seen that one in forever, so that was good times. And uh, speaking of, I going to start up the NXT lineup, but I, I may speak in tongues I can't even understand while going through them myself. Haven't you ever heard of Distrucity? Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's go right into it. NXT started off with one of my favorite tag teams just because of one uh, Otis Djokovic. Dosevich, rather. His name's hard to say. Very Polish. You had uh, Heavy Machinery taking on the mighty, formerly TM61, of course. Um, and this was a return for Tucker Knight, the other half of uh, Heavy Machinery, uh, going up against the mighty, who, of course, uh, it's never really confirmed, but pretty much uh, you can guess that they took him out in the weight room, if you remember that backstage segment and whatnot. And uh, Heavy Machinery did end up going over. What did you guys think of it? Did you happen to catch it? I did not. <laughs> well, Mr. Six Foot Nine did actually catch up on all his NXT. Mr. Six Foot Nine. I can actually say that uh, this match actually looked pretty good. I've always liked Heavy Machinery. I believe these guys are just a a push away from actually becoming the tag team champions. I believe they have something going there. I believe the Mighty uh, are actually becoming pretty good hills. Uh, believe it or not, the match was good, and it was going great. And then out of nowhere, you have, of course, one of my favorite groups come out, and uh, they come out and cause the distraction. If you don't know what that group is, whoever you've been living at underneath the rock, you're talking about the street properties. The street properties come out and you have them cause the distraction just dancing in the crowd, uh, which was uh, seemed to be the theme of the night for NXT as far as being distracted. But the match overall, I mean, it was a great showcase. Uh, the question is, is whether heavy machinery or the Street Profits would be the next team to challenge the Undisputed Era for the Tag Team Championship. So we'll see what happens at, of course, uh, of course, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. 
Uh, or hey, there's another team out there, the the, the War Raiders. They can actually be a uh, team in town. Yeah, themselves. they can. I like them. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, it was gonna uh, regardless of who uh, comes out between the Street Profits, which it was good to see back. Uh, you know, you had uh, Montez back from his honeymoon with uh, Bianca Belair. There, you know, they're finally uh, back on the scene, which Ooh. is. Uh, I'm becoming a, a bigger and bigger fan of those guys. They're, they're pretty entertaining. And, and Montez with his dancing and all that stuff <laughs> gets me every time. But, um, yeah, I think uh, the War Raiders may have something to say about that regardless. I mean, maybe they'll take on the winner of uh, those two teams or, you know, whoever comes out on top uh, of that. But I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, speaking of the tag team titles, next on the card you had uh, Mustache Mountain taking on state line and i'll be honest i'm not familiar with these gentlemen in state line it was the first time i'd ever seen them but um as you would imagine mustache mountain goes over it was pretty much a squash match for them i mean they got their all their big moves in and whatnot and then uh afterwards called out the undisputed era and are going to invoke their rematch clause at takeover so what do you guys think about that do you think uh there's good odds for them to get them back or is the undisputed era simply just going to roll on to the next challenger I think they're gonna just roll on to the next time. It's gonna be a good match, but I like like I said before when we talked about that when, when you know when we talked about the King of Little the Little England tournament, they just did that to give that the, that fan base a good pop. I don't see them winning in Brooklyn. I just don't see it. Hell of a Ooh. match though. It's gonna be a hell of a match though. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I would like for them to win, but then again, you need to establish, of uh, course, tag team titles in NXT UK. So one mindset was having them win, taking it back over to the UK, and then taking those titles and actually turning them to the UK titles, maybe having some other tag team tournament, but that's very far-fetched. And then, of course, them losing, which is more likely the likable answer because I don't see Mustache Mountain actually uh, becoming tag team champions in the NXT US, I guess we'll call it that. Um, <laughs> NXT UK, I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. Maybe they'll have a tag team tournament to the, decide who the tag team uh, champions is. I like, of course, Mustache Mountain to be that tag team. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, here's my thing about Mustache Mountain is um, Tyler Bate, to me, is a star. And uh, no offense to Severn. I mean, he's a little older. He's not got quite the look, you know, you might uh, expect for somebody you're going to make a single star. Tyler Bate is like a Conor McGregor clone at this point. And I think you could really market him as uh, like a cocky heel. You know, if he breaks out on his own from Trent Severn, I would really, uh, you know, you could have him um, go back after the uh, UK title, which he was the uh, first winner of before Pete Dunne got his hands on it. Um, or you could make him a guy who, you know, goes after maybe the North American title if you want him to stick around uh, in, in the U.S. with the regular NXT crowd rather than go back over to the U.K. So I, I think – and he's fantastic in the ring. I mean, if you've seen any of their matches, I mean, he's always like the most impressive guy, the things he does with uh, – he's obviously just very strong. I mean, he, he must pull a lot of weight in the deadlift because the way he's able to suplex guys. And when you saw him uh, do that suplex with um, – it was uh, – Kyle O'Reilly on his back and, and um, Roddy Strong, he actually had in a, a German and came back like that. That was extremely impressive. And he's done a couple other things uh, similar to that where you're just like, wow, you know, and he's he's not that big of a guy, but he's he's very strong and, and fun to watch. So I, I would be in favor of that. I don't know what their plans are, though. What do you guys think? 
Um, honestly, I'm up for it, uh, him for a singles push. But right now, I mean, honestly, I believe the t- uh, what they really need to do is basically build that UK division. I mean, it, it'll it'll be nice to see a, a singles push for him sometime in the future. But for right now, I think the main focus needs to build that uh, build that UK division. Have the UK division come out pretty strong. Yeah, just just for the simple fact. I mean, you know, this is a brand new territory. Uh, that they're actually starting to develop out there in the UK. You want them to have a very strong showing. So I think right now, if you keep them inside the tag team, at least uh, at least until around this time next year, then I believe that builds up at least the tag team division. The the singles division is always going to be strong with the Pete Dunn at, at your helm. And you also have uh, the other people out there, Joe, Joe Kofi. I mean, you have a whole bunch of other people out there, uh, Joseph Connors, uh, you, you have a lot of people out there that can actually uh, go in and actually challenge for that UK singles goal. But right now, Trent, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, think they need to become a tag team for at least another year. Yeah. Well, speaking of Tyler Bate, actually, quick shout out to uh, our boy Matt Riddle, who we did actually get to meet uh, a few weeks ago, JT and I. Um, I saw on Twitter that Matt Riddle was going to be having a – it was actually a triple threat match, and the name of the third guy escapes me right now, but it was going to be Tyler Bate, Matt Riddle, and a third guy in a triple threat, uh, triple threat match for, I believe it was Evolve or somebody uh, associated with them, which Matt Riddle is the champion of. So that would be – I would I don't know how to see that short of actually being there. I know it's in Massachusetts, but that's a match I would really like to see. Oh, yeah, hands down. Uh, shout out to Matt Riddle there. Uh, definitely, uh, there's going to be a big decision coming up. Uh, we're not going to be the guys to sit out there and just spill it out. We'll let you hear from the actual man's mouth himself, but we had a conversation with him ourselves and we already know where he's leaning towards. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, (laughs) but what's going on with the next match on the card, Ryan Mack? The next match was, it was NX3 time, EC3 versus the finest, well, if you want to call him that, Kona Reeves, uh, he they had their match. And uh, EC3 came out to a big pop, of course. He's extremely over uh, with the crowd and uh, ourselves included, of course. And uh, Kona Reeves came out, and he got, like, exactly what you don't want. It was a complete lack of a reaction. There was no pop. There were no boos. It was just more or less silence. And then the crowd realized who it was. And he got, like, the, the go-away heat. You know what I mean? Like, when, when he started walking down the aisle, people were booing, not because they were, not because Kona Reeves is a heel or a despicable character, just because they don't fucking like him. And they just want, they don't want him to be there. And they want him to go away. And uh, to me, it's like, I've said already, you know, in the past, it's like, I, I'm done with Kona Reeves. I don't want to see him anymore. I hate to be rude and stuff like that no offense to the guy but like it's it's just not working out and i mean i think they've changed his theme song like four or five times and it just gets like weaker and, and more lame every time and like he he can wear as many chains as he wants it's not going to get him over with me and the match they had was not a good match because Kona reeves is not a good wrestler in the ring and um you know we know ec3 is very good and uh, he's going to be having a match with the Velveteen Dream at TakeOver. Uh, we can look forward to that. But um, EC3 picked up the victory, of course, uh, but the match itself was kind of a stinker. Uh, what do you think, guys? Honestly, I think the match to close out 
So get ready to close out the show. If that was like your second, your second match before you close out, or I'm sorry, your second to last match. Mm-hmm. It definitely was on the side of okay. Where am I going with this? Now I'm I'm not gonna beat up Conneries uh, too much. Uh, I believe you did uh, enough of it for us, uh, Ryan Mac. But what I will say is. It's going to take a while for them to grow on anybody. Just for the simple fact, I see the type of character they're trying to portray for him. So just seeing that type of character on this guy is different. Uh, but as far as his ability in the ring, you you do see that he has skills, but is he using it the right way? I mean, honestly, if you look at his moveset now, I think I've said it in the past, he has the moveset of a generic creative player for WWE 2K18. <laughs> I was going to say a pile of shit like before you finished. It was like, yeah, he doesn't uh, doesn't do anything too well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know. Like to me, the thing and the move with him maybe at this point, if he's going to stick around is, is be comedic relief because uh, the only thing that really worked for me or got a good reaction out of me was the backstage segment he had with EC3 where he got dissed by EC3, basically. And, um, you know, after he walked away, he revealed that he was he was sad. His his feelings were, were hurt because he actually right. wanted to be he wanted to be the finest of friends, as he put it, with EC3. <laughs> and that kind of made me laugh, actually. So, like, maybe he could be, uh, you know, the butt of some jokes and uh, a guy who gets his feelings hurt and lashes out and whatnot. That could be something. But I'm not buying him as this big, you know, dominant heel by any stretch. That's not going to happen. Oh, no. Yeah. Now uh, the next the next match on that card, uh, wasn't it Candice LeRae versus uh, Shayna Baszler? Right, that is correct, big man. Yeah, and it was uh, that was the final match of the night, and this was kind of like uh, you know if she wins this match, maybe she'll get a title shot sort of thing, and because Shay- Shayna Baszler didn't take her seriously as a uh, as a real threat and whatnot, and uh, of course you know any it was a non title match, but. Getting a victory over the champion uh, in any case always makes a statement, you know, so that's what she was going for. And it was actually a, a really good match. And Candice LeRae uh, did well during large stretches of it, I would say even dominating at points, um, especially even right towards the end. She started to hit uh, a series of moves and really uh, gain control. And I thought Shayna was actually in some trouble. And I thought, and I think she was, but I thought they were maybe going to put her over. But um, quickly at the end, Shayna Baszler escaped. Uh, one of her moves and was able to get the choke on uh, Candice LeRae for for the second time in the match. Actually, the first time uh, Candice was able to grab the ropes and get out of it, but the second time she was right in the middle of the ring and nowhere to go. And uh, can or Chana rather gets the tap uh, to end the show in the wrestling component of the night. Uh, there is one more segment we'll get to in a second, but I'll uh, just get you guys' reaction on the match. Yeah. Uh... To me, honestly, I believe they've had better matches than other promotions. Uh, of course, they've had great matches on the indies together, but to me, I don't think it was their best match. I believe this is just a warm-up match mm-hmm. to uh, to go ahead and plant seeds for a future one-on-one match between these two. Of course, uh, Kyrie Sane uh, coming to go ahead and uh, make the save, I believe. Uh, right, right. At, at, at the end of the match was good because this builds more and more towards that, of course, the feud 
a few of these two have uh, going back to the May Young uh, Classic uh, from last year to this year. So, uh, you know, I'm glad she didn't make the save. But to me, I believe this is just going to be a this is going to be a preeminence into another match between Baylor, uh, Shayna Baszler and Candice LeRae uh, pretty soon. And uh, another side note on Shayna Baszler, I know we're all kind of pissed off at uh, Brock Lesnar for holding the title hostage on Monday Night Raw, but has anybody stopped to think and ask, when is the next time Shayna Baszler going to defend the AIW Women's uh, Championship? I mean, she's been signed to WWE for over, what, a year and a half? Almost. <laughs> Just saying. Give it up, huh? Yeah, I don't think she ever is gonna uh, come back and do that. I'm, hey, I'm, hey, I'm just saying, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, so uh, we, we need some answers there, AIW. What are you gonna do about that woman's title? But uh, <laughs> hey, Candice, if I mean Shayna, rather, if you're free, August 25th, uh, show up and we'll get it. We'll get you an opponent. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, moving on uh, from there to close out the show. Yeah, the champ. Yeah. Came out and just cut a promo on the NXT universe, if you will. And, uh, yeah, he is – he's great. Everybody knows it. You know, I mean, he's the best heel in the business right now. Uh, Dre, no offense. You can say the Miz is, but I think I think Champa's got it on lockdown right now. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Getting does, he does. Because, I mean, the Miz is <sighs> – he gets good heat, and he's a great heel. He's very charismatic, though. I mean, he gets yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I he's agree. More entertainer, you know, and he gets uh, he knows how to get a reaction out of people. Tommaso Ciampa knows how to get straight up heat, and uh, I'm excited because at this point, at least, and I hope it doesn't go to a point where he becomes like too popular or like too appreciated by the indie indie type crowd that NXT attracts whereas the character itself just gets over and it's no longer just you know from the heat which is what you want because he's being a, a real pure bad guy for baby faces to go up against and and so right. you're not supposed to like at all you know you're supposed to root for the other guys and um he gets tons of chance you know he gets it reminds me of the attitude era or it, like watching ECW because you get the asshole chance, you get tons of uh, you know curses uh, from the crowd and whatnot, and people really being upset at him and just wanting to curse him out, wanting to hit him or touch him or something like that, you know. And it's, it's yeah. Everything. And he, I mean, any person that could come out, I'm sorry, any, okay. any person that just walks out with no music and the crowd just like magically just starts booing bitches and hoes. Sorry, we just went TV 14 right there. But, um... We were already there a long time ago. Was we great. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel bad. So, you know, it, it's just that, you know, he just has that heat. Like, he comes out there and, like, crowds, like, people want to jump the rails and punch him in the face. Like, that, that is, that's true heat. Especially nowadays in 2018 wrestling. Where usually the bad guy is the best guy in the world, but he has the true heat, and you know, and that's I agree with you, Ryan. He is probably the best heel in wrestling right now. And Triple H is smart too. Unlike Kevin Dunn uh, that runs Raw and SmackDown, he doesn't uh, edit that out when people are you know chanting asshole or saying you know profane things. He wants it in there to get the point across that people really hate this guy, you know? right? So, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, speaking of 
of heat, booze, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you saw the segment, Johnny Gargano came out uh, eventually. And um, at one point he kind of got booed uh, and like people were, you know, not reacting for him. They were reacting to Ciampa and Aleister Black came out as well uh, at some, at some point during the segment and people were, were more or less, I don't know if they're tired of Johnny Gargano uh, in this, in this angle with Ciampa and they just want him to move on. But I heard some negative reaction to him. Did you guys catch that? I caught it, and I believe the negative reaction was kind of like blaming him for having Tommaso Champion as uh, Tommaso Champion. Tommaso uh-huh. Ciampa as champion. It's going to get kind of hard for me to say Tommaso Ciampa as champion, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the people blame him. Me. Yeah, they, they, the, the people blame him. Uh, they, they blame Johnny, Johnny uh, Gargano for this happening. Which is, uh, you know, to me, I believe that Tommaso Ciampa deserves that singles push. I mean, we've already said it before, he's a great heel. I mean, th- this guy is a better heel than – he's a better heel Clubber Lane and Rocky. Yeah, he, was a, he was a pretty good heel, but – Strong words. Right. Yeah, it's very strong words, and I mean it. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa reminds me of Clubber Lane and Rocky because, <laughs> what? first of all – First of all, how how do people just automatically hate him from from the jump, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then Club, Clubber Lane came in with no music, yeah, and got booed. And he did uh, mess with Johnny Gargano's wife and everything. Kind of gave him the hey woman, hey woman, why don't you come over to my apartment tonight and I'll show you what a real man looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. See what I'm saying? So Clubber <laughs> Lane, Tommaso Champa, I'm not crazy. You just confirmed it there, Ryan. Yeah. But I, I will. But I will say, I mean, this this is the biggest, when I say the biggest, the biggest shock to, to NXT, period, was having him win the title. But I like it. Now, of course, this may be in jeopardy because we did, uh, of course, if you haven't paid attention to all the various news outlets out there, uh, looks like, uh, unfortunately, Alistair Black suffered an injury while having a uh, match with Tommaso Ciampa out there on the live event circuit where it looked like an injury to his groin. His groin. So we, we don't know when he's going to be able to come back. This, uh, the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn match may be in jeopardy. So uh, we'll keep you posted on the Marks of Mike uh, Twitter page and an Instagram, which we're going to, I promise you, people out there, we're going to get the Instagram page popping a little bit more. Uh, but as far as NXT goes, uh, of course, there's no doubt about it who had the better show this week, as it has always been for the last uh, consecutive, what, six, seven months, NXT. Right. I mean, even when it's not, like, a great show, it's still it's just still the better. best thing out there at the mm-hmm. moment. Just everything flows and, and goes together well, and it gets you excited to see what happens next week and everything, you know? That's and, what happens when a show is an hour. You know? Right, right. You know, because like we've talked about before, you don't necessarily get to see all your favorite guys that you're excited to see. There was no Velveteen Dream. There was no uh, Ricochet, right, that I don't believe. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, stuff you get to look forward to. But um, just to wrap up the segment, um, you had Gargano and Black come out. And uh, Johnny Gargano basically, as you said, the uh, the NXT Universe was blaming him. And he took the blame for it. And Aleister Black... uh, agreed with him and for his troubles hit him with the black mask uh, which got a cheer from the crowd and um 
from there, it's interesting just to think about where this feud is going. Um, you just broke the news to me about Alistair Black's uh, injury, and I hope he's I hope he's okay. Obviously, um, just overall, I hope he's able to make that match at Takeover because I think it's a lot more intriguing as a triple threat at this point than if you just put. Um, of course, it's going to be good, and it's going to be you know uh, there's going to be a lot of emotional weight behind it if you get Johnny Gargano versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa, but. I don't know, and I'll get you guys' takes on it uh, as far as, like, what you, you know, we'll obviously do a prediction episode for the SummerSlam events, NXT TakeOver included, but um, what for what you want to see, what you think may happen uh, going forward, um, whether you think Aleister Black may get the belt back, do they put the belt on Johnny Gargano, or is it going to be a long reign for Tommaso Ciampa? I mean, for me, Champa's become the best thing as far as the main event scene in, in NXT and he deserves a run. And, and I would kind of like to see as much as I like Aleister Black and it would be cool to see Gargano get redemption, you know, uh, with the belt and all that. I would more or less like to see Champa um, have a long reign, knock off many guys, you know, with his uh, devious tactics and so forth. And, um, and then get knocked off by somebody that they can build up over time. Maybe like, Maybe Ricochet is the guy to finally do it. Maybe at uh, the Takeover WrestleMania weekend or something. That would be cool. But that's just an idea I'm throwing out there. Could be any number of guys. Maybe it's EC3. I don't know. I mean, uh, only time will tell. We'll definitely see what happens in the future. Uh, but there's not anything else we wanted to talk about inside the show. We are uh, looking forward for this Monday, uh, of course. This episode is airing today, Monday. Uh, so we're looking forward to Monday, of course, seeing Monday Night Raw, see what happens with Ronda Rousey. Go-home uh, show, ain't it? Uh, no, not the go-home show. You're jumping the gun there by a week there, Dre. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, right, right. That is next week. I'm sorry. Ooh, it's too bad. But uh, SmackDown and, of course, the May Young Classic does start uh, filming this week, not to say that episodes will be released this week. So uh, once again, uh, once again, Marks, if you're out there, of course, follow us on Twitter at Marks with Mikes uh, on Twitter, which is M-A-R-K-S-W-I-T-H-M-I-C-S and on Instagram, the same handle. Uh, be on the lookout because uh, merchandise is coming soon. That's right. Get your own official Marks with Mikes official t-shirt which we will we will be releasing within the next week or so we'll keep you posted online uh, get your pre-orders in reach us on uh, twitter instagram and we will get back to you so then i am mr six foot nine uh of course you did have dre bars on the show yes sir and um, of course mr ryan mack yes guys and shirt is sweet i have the one and only limited edition right now you're gonna want one it all is right. a nice shirt. You're going to love it. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining the show. We will see you all next time. Thank you all. Good night. Hey, woman. Listen here. Since your old man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up late every night dreaming you had a real man, don't you? I tell you what. Bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you a real man. <laughs>